Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. From now until kickoff, Fred Hubner and Brian Hanley talking Bears football. Listen live on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. Also sponsored by CBDMD. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Ah, it's good to be back after a couple weeks away. Week six of the NFL season. And Brian, even the even this being week six, it seems like each and every single day there's more news about the NFL. Positive tests, no positive tests. Guys coming back, guys not coming back. All of a sudden, everybody's tested negative. Uh, it's been an unbelievable six weeks. And you know what, Brian? Through uh, As we go into six weeks, we're still looking for one thing. You know what that is? Bears offense? Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 you win. We're still looking for the Bears offense. For a complete first, a I complete believe. game, right? I mean, we've oh. seen we've seen spasms. We've seen great comebacks. I've never, Fred, I'm trying to remember. I've never seen a season where a Bears team has been trailing by double digits in three games already this season. And, and they found a way. So, I mean, you yeah. give them credit. I, I guess you give them credit, right? They're four yeah. and one. But it sure seems like they're living on borrowed time here. For and, those who, yeah, I was I just mean, gonna say, for those who watch the TV show The Mandalorian, there is a thing, a, a, a thing in The Mandalorian on on Disney Plus, and I'm not just promoting Disney Plus because ESPN and all that stuff. But there's synergy. a thing that, yes, synergy. all of all of the Mandalorians say the thing is this is the way, and that's what it's been so far for the Bears. This is the way they fall behind, and then they figure out a way somehow to win a game. I don't know how they do it. Well, I mean, if, I, if I'm on the Bears defense, I, I really like, you know, shout across the uh, locker room and say, hey, guys, you want to help us out a little bit? You know, because the Bears defense keeps getting better. Uh, they're, you know, sitting atop some of the most important defensive rankings right now. And Khalil Mack is having himself a nice stretch here where he looks like he was worth every bit of what they gave up to get him. But now you have an offensive line. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Fred, about yep. – the idea of Juan Castillo was the big free agent signing to, you know, to shore up the offensive line. Well, the running game has looked really good in the beginning of the season against some really bad defenses. And then when they faced a couple of really good defenses, they've looked more than, uh, you know, not even mediocre, really, if you look at the numbers. So maybe that, and here go, you know, here you go, James Daniels is out and arguably yep. the best, best offensive lineman. You just lost him for the season to a pectoral injury. So, It'll be interesting to see, you know, who ends up in his spot today and if the offensive line can start opening up their running game again. And maybe um, maybe it's, uh, again, is it the personnel? Is it the play calling? Is it both? That's uh, that's our Twitter poll at ESPN 1000 today. But uh, it, it's, you know, you, you got to put your finger on this thing. You have to string together four quarters at some point and start looking like a big boy offense. And Matt Nagy is the offensive genius. That's what his calling card was, his business card, when they hired him. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And you bring up a great point, too, about the running game. And you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. What's going to happen down in Carolina? Besides the fact that they're going to have about 6,000 fans in the building, and so the Bears will be playing in front of a crowd for the first time this season. But the first three games of the season against Detroit, the Giants, and Atlanta – 
The Bears rushed for an average of 138 yards. The last two games against Indianapolis, they rushed for 28 yards. They rushed for 35 yards against Tampa. You can't do that. Now the question is, is it going to be Alex Bars, who <laughs> the first two plays after Daniels went out and Alex Bars came in, one, he missed a guy. Second one, he missed a guy and they sacked Nick Foles. So those, that was not a great uh, outing. So will it be him or Rashad Coward? They still had not announced it. We will talk with Jeff Dickerson around 11 o'clock. Maybe he's got a little more information on that. Um, Carolina, 25th against the run. So you would hope that would be good. Plus, they've got one guy in their line, Kawan Short, down with a shoulder injury, and another guy that they weren't sure if he was going to be able to play or not. It looks like he will. We'll find out more when the inactives come out. But, uh, yeah, the running game really needs to do something. You knew that after Tariq Cohen got hurt, they would run the ball less. But now they pick up. Well, they can turn to Mike Davis, right? What? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, here you go. It's so brutal, too, because I did a show – after the first game that Mike Davis played for the Bears, when he yeah. had like five, six catches, he carried the ball a couple times. Then the next week he had like five carries. And then a week or so later they got rid of him so they can keep a supplemental pick. It's like, what are you doing? Right. You know, you give a guy an opportunity. Look, since Christian McCaffrey's gone out, this guy's been unbelievable. He's got 45 carries, 219 yards and two touchdowns. And he's caught the ball 30 times for 206 yards. Only one running back has more catches than him out of the backfield. Alvin Kamara. uh, Alvin Kamara, that's right. So, But the Bears couldn't use him in the running. Now, that just goes to show you. That goes to show you how bad Matt Nagy is at trying to establish any kind of running game. Well, and and some of that's on Ryan Pace, too, right? I mean, you gave the guy all 71 snaps last season. Yeah, you're right. And as you said, you you cut him. You You can't find a way to make it work in your offense. Are you kidding me? I mean, this wasn't a, a go-down-the-field the offense to begin with. They were, they were relying on the deep ball. So no. this guy, all he does is catch underneath routes, right? And, and he can break ta- – he, he has 21 broken tackles. I mean, I think he's yep. the best in the NFL. So when I hear Chuck Pagano say, you know, he's a damn beast, okay, he is. And then when I hear Matt Nagy say, well, we had a chance to gave, get David Montgomery – uh, you know, a few months after we signed Mike, and that's just the way – it made it sound like he, it was just happenstance, and that's just the way it happened. Well, no, someone made a decision. Right. You, you sign the guy for two years and $6 bucks. Three months later, you draft a guy in the third round who may or may not be a decent running back. I think, you know, the jury's definitely out on Montgomery at this point. Maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe he is a good running back if you gave him a line to run behind. But it didn't just happen. Someone made an evaluation – and maybe made the wrong choice. The numbers right now said you made the wrong choice. So, yeah. uh, you know, who's that? I mean, could the play caller not come up with plays for the guy? Or did the GM, you know, take him way too soon because he needed a supplemental uh, draft pick? I mean, right now he'd look pretty good in a Bears backfield. Yeah, he'd look really good. Again, the uh, one of our poll questions today, you can find them at ESPN1000 on Twitter. Are the Bears problems on offense due to personnel, play calling, or both. And the other ones, as we were just talking about Mike Davis, will Mike Davis pick up more than 100 combined yards against the Bears today? That's easy, yes or no. So you can get those on Twitter uh, at ESPN1000. And since we're talking about that, Mike Davis and everything else in the old line, Howard Griffith will be with Jeff Meller as soon as the game's over today, and he'll give you two hours of post-game show right here on ESPN1000. 
Howard Griffith was on the station earlier this week and talked about the offensive line play. I thought one of the things that they did really well uh, was the wide zone play. Uh, where they were able to to get the running back on a wide track, you know, normally aiming at that outside leg of the tackle, getting those linebackers to flow over the top and then putting your foot in the ground and going and going north, and and that to me is what they have success at. Now, when you get into the shotgun and you're offset and you're trying to run some zone plays from the shotgun position, it, it just you need to be able to sustain the point of attack much longer than you than you do as far as you know when you're under center. So, you know, I think they've got some issues that they've got to figure out and, and what actually is going to work well for them. And I think that's part of the process is when you go now to Nick Foles, who will be the, the quarterback for the foreseeable future, um, they've got to be able to find some runs that are going to be able to match up with their pass game. And I don't know that they've done that just yet. See, Howard Griffith knows a little bit about running the football. And I went back and watched the Carolina-Atlanta game. Now, granted, Todd Gurley's a little bit better than anything the Bears have in the backfield. But they were able to take their entire offensive line, roll right, roll left, do something. Then when you found the gaps, they were able to take off. They scored a couple of rushing touchdowns, I want to say, last week Atlanta did. And the Bears just don't seem to have any, boy, creativity, I guess you'd call it on the offensive run game. They they just kind of try to run the ball with uh, Cordero Patterson up the middle. They try to give the ball to a Darnell Mooney or somebody on, on, you know, on a sweep or an end run or something like that. There's no creativity when it comes to the running game with the Bears. And, and that translates to lack of points, right? I mean, we, yeah. when I read this stat this week, only once in the last 20 seasons has, has a Bears team ranked in the top 10 in the NFL with both points and total offense. How is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, I get it because we've had, a, you know, 30-some quarterbacks, 40, maybe going on 40 quarterbacks at the time. But this used to be a team known for linebackers and running backs, right? Yep. It, 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 Matt Nagy, had, the Bears offense has scored 20 points or more just 15 times in the 38 games he's been the head coach. How is that possible? I mean, this is a league that's built around offense. The rules are built around every year. They try to, you know, change the rules to make it more of an offensive league. So you know, people like to see points scored. Why is it such a taffy pull for the Chicago Bears when you went out and got an offensive, you know, a genius? I mean, that that's what they thought they have in Matt Nagy. Do they? I don't know if they do. Again, they're four and one. They've found a way, but it hasn't been because the offense has been steamrolling teams. It's barely because the offense has found six, seven, eight-minute stretches where everything's gone right for them. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, when I went back and watched the Bears game from last week against Tampa, which, by the way, they scored 20 points. They had two Cairo Santos field goals, and they scored 14 points in the span of a minute 12. Yeah. So for the rest of what, the seven minutes or 58 minutes, they did nothing offensively, absolutely nothing. They were brutal. They got a chance to score 14 points in a minute 12. And other than that, they were brutal offensively. First three possessions from their own 24, five, um, five plays, 20 yards in a punt. Second series, 25-yard line, four plays, 39 yards in an interception. And then the, four, the third drive from their own 38, five plays, 14 yards. All of 14 yards on five plays and a punt. It's like, come on. It's absolutely brutal what they've been doing offensively. And it's got to change. And they have played, now granted, the last two weeks, they have played 
teams that are much better defensively. Indianapolis and Tampa Bay are very, very good teams. They are both, according to the defensive DVOA, they're one and two going in. Yeah. Where Carolina is 25th. Plus, they've got some injuries. So you would think today is a day the Bears should be able to do something offensively. And the one question I asked Mark Zander when I worked with him yesterday, and I want to ask this to all the people out there too. After what, two and a half games of Nick Foles, did you not expect this offense to be working smoother than the offense worked with Mitchell Trubisky? Because it doesn't seem to be working any differently. It's pretty much the same offense. We see guys throwing, we see Foles throwing behind people, missing wide open guys. We see exactly the same thing we saw with Mitchell Trubisky. So when you ask that question, then, you know, you're also asking, you know, what's Matt Nagy done differently, if anything at all? Right. And, you know, you look down at in, in Carolina, and they've, they've won three straight games. They started 0-2. But, I mean, right now, their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who worked with Joe Burrow in, uh, at LSU, I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback I want the Bears to go get. Before okay. you got Nick Foles, right? And yep. and so far so good. I mean, he's completing on seventy four percent of his passes. You know, six. What is he? Six two two fifteen. I mean, he's not. He's not a damn beast. But as Chuck Pagano said, he he takes profit, so he'll take whatever you give him, right? He, he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's not. They're not dependent on forty fifty yard bombs. They're just right. He just marches the team downfield. And when you hear people down there say all he does is think and talk X's and O's and all he wants to do is talk about detail and, you know, technicalities of the offense. And, you know, he immerses himself things that basically they said Mitch Trubisky didn't do or didn't do enough of. Right. Sure. He didn't, he didn't know that that playbook as much as he needed to going into his fourth season. And, and Matt Nagy's basically called him out the end of last season said it's gotta be better in the off season. He's really got to figure it out. And obviously he didn't because now he got Nick Foles, but Again, it goes back to who was available, you know, did they get the wrong quarterback in Nick Foles, who, again, can, can light a fire and pull, pull a win out of nothing, you know, pull enough out my sleeve, here's a win when you're down 14, 21 points, whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, his passer rating is 89. I mean, it's pretty yep. average, right, since he's yeah. taken over for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, he's been very average, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about Bridgewater and some of his offensive weapons. We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the uh, PointsBet app now, and at the bottom of the hour at 1030, a little after 1030, we'll have a chance to talk with good old number 23. I used the same joke yesterday. No, not Michael Jordan, but Devin Hester will join us. How about that? Yes, a little after 1030, so stick around right here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. Now, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So about, I don't know, six, seven months ago, if someone said Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater, you'd say, well, those are two guys we'd like to have as a Bears quarterback. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's in Carolina, and Nick Foles is with the Chicago Bears, and Mitchell Trubisky's just kind of walking around the sidelines looking for something to do as we get ready for a game today. The Bears are 4-1. and one. But Brian, despite everything that's happened, the Bears are 4-1. and one. Um, And I was thinking all week long, as I'm listening to everybody say, Oh, they're the worst 4-1 team in NFL history and all this kind of stuff. 
it doesn't matter. They've won four of their first five games. And I know Cap does this thing. He does it every single day during the uh, baseball season. And I know he's already posted it earlier today. You can hear Cap and Jay Hood 7 to 10 Monday through Friday here at ESPN 1000. But it's grab a cup of coffee, wake up, do that first. Wake up, mm-hmm. grab a cup of coffee, and then find a way to win a game. And the players always want to win the game. They take their direction from their head coach. And Matt Nagy's a guy that's got to come up with ways to win a game each and every game. That's why you have a week to plan for the next team. <laughs> Unfortunately, I guess it's unfortunate that the Bears have had more than a week because they played the previous Thursday against Tampa Bay. But for most guys, like, yeah, you know, Andy Reid, they take advantage of this when they have extra time to prepare. Matt Nagy's 0-4 with uh, a buy or a mini buy like this. Uh, when his team comes out after yeah. an extended rest. That makes no sense at all if there's any rhyme or reason to any of the things we talk about. Well, you're right. And, and when you look at you know, I saw someone on Twitter this week, I thought summed it up pretty well. Whatever you think of Matt Nagy as a play caller, uh, and, and if he's part of the offense's problems, and, and he is, I mean, he's in charge of it. How much so, you know, it's up for, I, I'd love to hear what Bears fans l- would uh, think about that this morning. Yeah. But given that, this team plays for him, okay? I mean, so I, as a fan, do you like a guy who everyone wants to find a way, you know, wake up, get a cup of coffee, find a way to win? Or would you rather have a coach who maybe is not the, you know, the best new Rockney speech giver, but actually is among the best X's and O's guys, you know, that gives you an opportunity to win each and every week because he's that good. Um, there's no doubt this team likes Matt Nagy. Look, I've been around him. We've talked to him. We've interviewed him down at Bears yeah. camp. You root for the guy. I would love the guy to be, live next door to me. I mean, he's that type of guy. He's just a, a great guy. And no ego about him and everything else. I mean, I get it why, why that team seems to thrive under his leadership. But, you know, you, you alluded to the, to, to the problems on offense and getting off the field three and, three and out. I mean, look at the, the numbers on third downs, right? Yeah. 2018. 41% com, uh, you know, conversion on third down, 11th in the league. Okay, you know, not bad. Oh, 2019, 25th, 36.5% conversions. How about this year? Tied for 29th, 33.3%, 22 of 66. I mean, that's got to change. That yeah. has to change against a, a, a less than mediocre defense in Carolina. You know, this is not a great defense. You sh- if, if you have the same results today that you've been trending towards, you know, you've got big, big issues that someone's got to start addressing and, and asking really tough questions. I mean, you, a team that was, what, 3-1 and one when they pulled the trigger on, or 2-1 and one when they pulled the trigger on Mitch Trubisky. Right. You know, amazing in itself, but they did it. At some point, do you say, do we have a better play caller on the staff? And, you know, is it Bill Lazor? I don't know. Uh, maybe you don't have that guy you go to, so maybe Matt Nagy. I, I mean, things that things that aren't going to happen anyway. Matt Nagy's not giving up the play calling when you're four and one, hopefully five and one after today. But this this does not look pretty, and the numbers no. are not reflect, reflective of an offense that once you get to the playoffs, and you'd have to have a complete collapse not to get to the postseason. But once you get there, you're not going to win these games seventeen to sixteen, and and you know with twenty points on average a game if you're lucky. No. You're not. 312-332-3776. Let's go to the phones. Head to our guy, John, out in Evanston. John, what's happening today? 
Hey, how are you? Doing well. You know, if you look at the schedule the rest of the way after today, uh, they've got a they've got a tough hill to climb because they still have to play in L.A. They still have to play the Saints. Probably that's in Chicago. They still have to um, they still have to play Green Bay after the break. You know, I see this team even with Nick Foles and the fact that Nagy just will not relinquish the power. He wants him to huddle after every play. And at some point you brought him in to run the offense. You've got to let him take the team. No huddle. If he sees something and go with it, because if you continue to do things slowly and continue to play the way Nagy wants you to play, you should have stuck with Matt because the, the, because then you wasted the money on bringing Nick in. If you don't let him do what he's capable of doing, he's a veteran quarterback. That's what you wanted. That's what Nagy wanted when they brought him in. Let him take charge of the offense, relinquish the play calling to him. When he sees something, let him get up to the line of scrimmage because you're just letting the defense settle in and make moves and with, the no huddle, that defense can't be bringing in fresh people, and you've got a chance to do some damage. Yeah, John, I appreciate the call. And, Brian, it's going to be interesting to see if that changes at all after the conversation they had in the sidelines when you could see that Nick Bowles was saying, we had that we had him on the move. Why are we huddling and letting them get people in there? Let us, let's just go back on out and do stuff. And, and I know Matt talked about it earlier this week. It'll be interesting to see as we watch the game today if, in fact, that changes if they get on a little bit of a roll. Yeah, and, and look, you know that Matt Nagy was on the Philadelphia staff when Foles was there, but he was not the play caller. So, right, you know, as much as he's familiar with Nick Foles, he wasn't, you know, wasn't the guy. So he he hopefully has immersed himself into film and looking at every snap of Nick Foles of last year or two. And figuring out, talking to Nicole's, what do you like? What don't you like? What works? What doesn't work? You know, you're not unplugging the headset and the helmet for Nick Foles and allowing him to call the entire game. That's not happening, John. But you can allow him some some leeway, you know, to get that offensive uh, offense in the rhythm that they it's been so elusive for this team. So, you know, you can let him audible. Look, I have much more confidence in Nick Foles looking at a defense and figuring out where the, you know, where the weakness is and attacking it than I was with Mitch Trubisky. So he's been there, done that, won a Super Bowl, was the MVP of the Super Bowl. He knows what he's looking at. So, yeah. you know, he should have much more leeway to, to call the offense that he likes to call. But Matt Nagy's not just going sit, to sit there with a the clipboard and watch Nick Foles be the offensive coordinator. It's not going to happen. No. Lewis Riddick, who you see on Monday nights, is part of the three-person booth with Steve Levy and also Brian Greasy. Lewis Riddick joined Waddle and Sylvie earlier this week, and he knows Matt Nagy very, very well. And the guys asked Lewis Riddick if Matt Nagy might get a little too cute sometimes with his play calling. Sometimes play callers want to use everything that's on their sheet because it's big, it's colorful, and they put a lot of time into it, so they want to call everything on it. Instead of, and, they, and they'll admit this too, instead of staying just true to what your team can do best, instead of what you think 
is your best call based on how much time you've put in in the film room and, and all the work that you've done. And you want and you want to see that pay off for yourself. Just stay true to who your team is. And, yeah, that happens to all of them. And I'm sure I – mean, and there's times where you can see that you go, is that really the best play call for this situation? Is that really about what their players can do best, or is that about how smart he thinks he is? And, and I'm not saying just Matt. I'm saying any coach. So, yeah, that happens. The best ones – over time, know when they can't do that and still just make it about the players. Just call the best play for this situation based off of what my guys showed me all week long that they can do best or what they're telling me in this moment. Hey, coach, call this. We know we can hit on this. We don't know if we can hit on all this other cute stuff that maybe you got, but we know we can do this. It's a give and take, and it's something that – I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that's going to, I think, going to ultimately determine whether or not this good start that they've had is something they can sustain. They have to stay true to who they are because they don't have all the bells and whistles that some of the other teams have offensively that can allow you to be cute as a play caller. They've got to almost be vanilla and be basic and say, hey, look, these are the routes that Nick throws the best. These are the routes that Allen likes the best. This is how we can – pop Anthony Miller down the seam now and then. This is how we can get Darnell Mooney you know, involved. This is how we can have maybe get David to pop a run, a run here and there on a draw or an outside zone or a screen or something like that. I think one of the first things he said in that cut, which is a great cut, he says, you got to be true to what your team can do best. Call the best play for the situation based on what you guys worked on and what you're good at instead of trying to come up with all these other plays. And just the way he rattled that off at the end, talking how to get Darnell Mooney here, how to get Anthony Miller down the seam, how to you know do all those. It's like, it seems so simple. And Matt, with his big Wendy's menu, tries to make it seem more difficult than I think it really is. Well, you know, it used to be, you know, last, I don't know how many, six, seven, eight years, it was almost like you don't get credit for running the ball, right? You have right. to be, you have to be the gadget guy. You have to be, look at me, look at my play calling, look, you know, I'm, I'm doing things no one else thought of in, in 100 years in football. I don't think Matt Nagy has an ego like that, but I think he does fall into the, that trap of, well, the only way we're going to move the ball is by throwing it and let's, you know, bail out on the run game. He's he's shown more uh, more of, a, uh, of an interest of sticking to it earlier against bad defenses, but, you know, obviously sure. we saw against the Colts in Tampa that, you know, that wasn't going to work. Uh, what he, what we just heard there, though, it's about using your personnel. Okay, so personnel is a play calling. We talked about Mike Davis. Today, you'll watch guys like Robbie Anderson, who was a vertical guy for the Jets, right? And yep. yet, that's not that's not what Teddy Bridgewater is about. So, I mean, they're finding ways to, to take a guy and reinvent him to more of an under-route guy. Um, look, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Look, you know, guys run after the catch guys. Look at the way this Carolina team is – kind of tailored its offense with between the quarterback and its personnel. And I think the Bears are still trying to figure that out because, you know, let's be honest, you know, as great as Allen Robinson is here, I think he's great because he's here. I mean, I don't think he's a difference maker. I think if he went around and asked every GM in the league, is he a, a top 20 receiver? I'm not so sure that the majority would say yes, but he looks pretty good on this offense because the guys around him are, are not all that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there are some uh, wagers out there you can make with Allen Robinson and with other people, and you can go to the PointsBet uh, Sportsbook app, and when we come back, we'll have a chance to talk with former Bear 
Devin Hester, who knows a little bit about the Points Bet Sportsbook. We'll talk with him when we come back here on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and Jay Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's the music. We're waiting for a call from Devin Hester. Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. And you think about it, Brian, and um, when you think of Devin Hester, you just think of the kick returns, especially, you know, Super Bowl. People say, oh, right out of of the box, right out of my seat. I jump up thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the game, right? Yeah, how many people uh, missed the kickoff return? And, the, and we're honest enough to admit it uh, because they were still getting their seat and grabbing their, ta- their plate of food and uh, their beverage before they could sit down for the opening kickoff, and then there it goes. But the things the NFL has done over the last couple of years to eliminate kickoffs um, has been – I've had a whole thing with me and Cordero Patterson. Not personally. We don't go – you know. But I, right. I write down – you know, he returned a couple of ball. He returned a ball last week against Tampa that he caught nine yards deep. The NFL is nice enough to give you the 25 yard line if you just let the kick go. And 90 percent of the time, people let the kick go. Exactly. A lot of teams do it. Most of the, a lot of times they'll try to return it. Um, I was watching a game the other day. One of the it could have been Sunday night or Monday night or Tuesday night. There were games every night this week almost. Um, and there were guys, and they kept trying to return it. They get to the 15, they get to the 18, they get to the 20, and I'm saying, just sit, let the ball go. You got the ball to 25. Now, granted, there are a couple times where Cordero Patterson, because of how good he is, because of the size, he's a bigger guy that returns kicks and has that speed. He can actually get past the 25. He did it in the game against Tampa. I think he got to the 37, 38, or something like that. That helps. But you know what we haven't seen a lot of this year on kick returns? We haven't seen a lot of The ball comes out to the 30. Oh, there's a flag back to the 15. That's one of the reasons I don't like a lot of guys uh, returning kicks. If your special teams makes mistakes and they screw up, that's not a good thing. So Yeah, I mean, it comes down to risk-reward, right? Yeah, it definitely comes down to risk-reward. And when this guy was back there, they tried to kick the ball out of the end zone, but there were many, many times, thank goodness for Bears fans, that Devin Hester was able to catch the ball and return those kickoffs. We are now joined by Devin Hester. Devin, how are you today? What's going on, fellas? We're we all, all geeked up for week six of the NFL, uh, the Points Bet Sportsbook app. We're sitting here, and uh, I've been looking at it. I, I had a little bad streak the other day. I lost like six or seven bets in a row. But with baseball and now the NFL today, I'm looking I'm looking for a nice little roll coming up. Um, you guys, uh, with, with Points Bet, you're always on, and there's always stuff like, boosters that you guys give on the points bet what's what's the Devin Hester booster for today okay so check it out the Bears as you guys know we play in the Panthers and uh for return today is plus 900 plus 900 wow. for a, a punt or a kick return today so any now return that, that, we want plus 900 that's for the Bears or for any game around the NFL the Bears game today okay okay Here's hoping. So, I got to get some money down on that. 
yeah. or Daryl Patterson can make everybody some money. There's really good stuff. A lot you, of money. You, yeah, a lot of money. And it's, it, I can't tell you how many people around the Chicago area have been thrilled seeing you on those commercials. You look like you had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, man. It's a blast, man. Whenever you're, you, you're able to, to showcase and be back in Chicago, man, for me as a, a former player, man, I, I love the city of Chicago, man. And I was talking to my wife the other day, and we were saying if we were single, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not single, but if we didn't have any kids, we would probably right. be just in Chicago. <laughs> Devin, we were yeah, just yeah. talking about it. You know, we're, you know what, makes, what makes a great return specialist, and, and is that even possible in this game anymore with the rules? It's possible. I mean, I don't. The, with the rules, you still have opportunities. Just like with the Bears, they're giving Cordell Patterson the green light. I had an argument the other day um, to a guy, and he was we was watching the game, and he was like, "Why is he taking the ball out nine yards deep in the end zone? That's a stupid mistake." No, I heard it from the commentator. He's like, "That's a stupid mistake on him." But he, that I hate when commentators make comments like that because you don't know the game plan. The game plan could be if you get your hands on the ball, you take it out. You know what I mean? So that, he could have been told that. You know what I mean? A lot of commentators are, commentators are coming in on things that they really don't know about as far as inside school. He probably had the green light to take it out. So with this situation, Cordell Patterson is a dangerous guy. So whatever, whatever, whenever he gets his hands on the ball, the coaches are giving him the green light to come out with it. I'm hoping he gets those opportunities today. I'm looking here. He's got uh, 15 returns, 468 yards, uh, 31.2 average. It's a that's it's deceiving a little bit because he brings the ball out from the nine or from the eight and stuff like that. But he did have a great return. When you returning kicks is the goal. Just listen. I'll return as many as I can. If I can break one to give us good field position, that helps because a lot of times they won't get back to the twenty five. Then it looks like a bad play. But if you have confidence in your blockers in front of you, you got to try and take it out, right? Right, most definitely. And it starts with the, the confidence in your blockers. You know, um, having that solid special training unit that's that's willing to block for you um, with 110% effort. When you have guys like like that in front of you, <laughs> you don't care if they kick the ball in the stands. If you're able to re- return it out of the stands, you're going to go get it and return it. That's just confidence that you build amongst yourself and your teammates. And with those guys, I, I'm pretty sure they have a lot of confidence in quarter and um, that he has the ability to take it to the house. Devin, a couple of weeks ago when Gail uh, Sayers unfortunately passed, um, we were going through old clips and listening to old interviews, and he said, you know, give me 18 inches of daylight, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll get it done. What did you look mm-hmm. for? Was it just instinctual? Were you actually looking for something to decide, you know, when to return and where to go? Back in my days, I was just praying they kick it to me. I didn't care what he kicked it to me. I didn't care how many inches I had. <laughs> <laughs> I was just praying they'd kick it to me, man. So that was my situation. Just kick the ball to me. I don't care where he kick it at. I don't care how many inches I got. Just kick it to me. <laughs> when you're watching the game now, Devin, as we're talking to Devin Hester, joining us from the uh, for the Points Bet Sportsbook, um, when you're watching the games now, are there a couple guys, even besides Cordero Patterson, that you see and you just love watching them return kicks? Yes, but it is. It, so much of an offensive lead now that the best returners not even doing return. Um, the Tyreek Hills and things like that. Those are the guys right. I I I love to watch the returns. You know what I mean? Because they just it, they make it look so easy. Um, other than that, a lot of key guys, a lot of great returns are getting shot away from 
and getting put up under the radar because of the, the, the situation that they're put in with these new rules and stuff like that. So you have a lot of great returners out there that's not even get, getting an opportunity to showcase their talents. Yeah, some of these Definitely. young guys, these these rookies too, they come in and they're just a lot of speed guys, and we you know nothing about them um, because there's so many rookies around the league. There was a kid the last about two weeks ago. He just flew past everybody. I want to say he played for Pittsburgh. Just running past everybody is just fun to watch. Do you think it's the most exciting play uh, in in football? Most definitely, man. When you like, I had the opportunity to sit in the um, the box, press the boxes, right, and to watch the games. And nowadays, you get you get kind of bored watching, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen yard touchdown. But when you see a guy catch the ball from one end zone, and you you like on the fifty yard line in the skybox, and you see him run from one end zone to the next one. That's pretty exciting, you know. So whenever you have them long returns, that's what fans want to see. Fans don't want to see boxing matches where they just dabbing all day. They want to see knockout hits, and that's what a kickoff and punt return is. It's a knockout hit, you know what I mean, from one end zone to the other end zone, and now this kid is really showcasing his speed and his talent. That's what the fans want. And today uh, at PointsBet, if you put down a couple bucks anywhere across the league, if anyone returns a kick, you're going to get plus 120 odds. Uh, so it's not just the Bears and Panthers. You can uh, put a few bucks down and hope that someone somewhere does it. And the Hester House Call Super Booster is going to be pay, pay off for you. And, you know, looking at the, the numbers, I mean, we still remember how great you were, but 11,000-plus yards returning, 20 return touchdowns. I have to ask you about the Hall of Fame because in my, in my world, it's a no-brainer. You were a game changer, and they actually changed, you know, people had a game plan for you. And they try to change the rules to to take away your great talent. Does Hall of Fame weigh on you at all? Do you can you know? Do you think about it, or you know, everyone says, well, you know, he's not. He wasn't every down guy, even though he played on offense. You know, it, it's got to bother you a bit, I would think. Right. It, it it doesn't bother me because the high up power guys already spoke it. Um, when you when you talk about whether or not I'm I'm going to make the Hall of Fame or not, you base. You don't base me off a, a receiver or a kick or a receiver or a running back or whatever. You base me as a returner. Should I go in as a returner? And the question there is absolutely. You know, when you look at the stats, you look at what I, I presented to the game, what I brought to the game. Um, when you talk to the opponent coaches, especially team coaches, these guys can't sleep at night when they played against us. You know what I mean? So when you, when you play fish and the the – the the field not even not even that but the field position that we was gaining you know what I mean back in the days when we when we I was at punt return kickoff return even the worst scenario that we had on return was getting great real field position you know what I mean it was a it was a oh man when I didn't score a touchdown but it was expected for us to get great field position if you kick it to me so that's why teams were kicking it thirty forty yards out of bounds because they were like listen we would rather give these guys the ball on there on backed up on a thirty yard line than kick it to him and he Cross the 50 every time. You know what I mean? That's guaranteed three points every time. So that's the type of ball player I was, and that's what I, that, that what I brought to the table of the game. You know what I mean? Just that, that guy that just changes field position and just wait for an explosive play. So here's a quick recap. Um, the question, will there be a kickoff or punt return touchdown in the Bears-Panthers game today? You put money on that, you get plus 900. And the Hester House Call Super Booster – uh, for today, any kick to be returned for a touchdown today boosted from uh, minus 200 to plus 120. That's the Hester House Calls Super Booster. Just go to your uh, PointsBet Sportsbook app 
and check it out. Devin, thanks a lot for jumping on in. Hopefully, we'll get a kickoff return and uh, Cordero Patterson will get one. That'd be nice for the Bears as they're trying to improve to 5-1. and one. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. Thanks, Thanks Devin. Devin. Devin Hester, Chicago Bear returner and, uh, yeah, power excellent. It's pretty cool that he wore 23. You know, 23 is such it? a number here with Chicago and Michael Jordan and Ryan Sandberg and, I guess, Robin Ventura, if you really want to keep going. Um, but, uh, the player, yeah, Devin Hester. The player, Robin Ventura, not the manager. Yes, yes. You know, my first Bears <laughs> game that I ever went to was that famous Broncos game. The one where Hester had the punt return. I think he also had a kick return. But he just absolutely changed that game. And people were leaving their seats like with five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter because they thought it was over. And Hester just changed the game that way. Yeah, how sure. about it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I gotta, during the break, I got to get back to my points bet uh, account and put uh, money on that plus 900 because I'd hate to have Cordero Patterson score and me sit there yelling well, at my TV. Well, and we might need it the way the offense has been going. Any points are yeah. good points, so we'll take yeah. it. And it says kickoff or punt return, so there could be one of any. And uh, i got to be honest with you, I wasn't going to bring it up, but Pat O'Donnell's been kicking like crap. Uh, yeah. So there could be one for the other team, but it, it's either team uh, in this game, so maybe we want to jump on it. Again, that's plus 900 for yes if there'll be a kickoff or punt return touchdown we cut we'll come back in just a bit it's brian hanley fred hubner jump on in 312-332-3776 here on espn 1000 bears football we're heading to kickoff on the points bet sportsbook pregame show on chicago's home for sports espn 1000 And part of the good things about going to the Points Bet Sportsbook app, as I just did during the commercial break, to bet the uh, a punt or kick return for a touchdown in the Bears game, and it's gone up to plus 950. So, wow, that's a good thing. Hey, yeah, they'll about. break your streak. They'll, they'll break your little slump, yeah. your mini slump, well, right? Yeah, and you know me. My problem is I bet on, you know, I, I don't like betting on, you know, minus 120, minus 140. No. It's like, uh, come on. So I bet on other stuff. So yesterday I had a two-team parlay um, in the baseball. I just picked winners. So I won money on that. And then I had, uh, oh, what did I have? I had four and a half strikeouts from Max Freed, who gives up three runs in the first inning. I go, he's not going to be around. And he what settled happened? down. He settled down. He struck out the fifth guy, and they took him out right afterwards. I said, that's fine with me. You can take him. <laughs> he got his, I got my four and a half strikeouts from him. So that was perfect on that. And then I had, um, I had one other thing in that game. Oh, I, had, uh, I think I had Correa with RBI, and he drove in two for, uh, for them. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's fun sitting on the couch. If you're sitting on the couch and you're trying to stay safe and stay home, um, there's nothing better than having – the uh, Points Bet Sportsbook app on your phone or on your iPad. And I'm sitting Gives there. you a little more excitement while you're watching the game, right? Gives you a little Much more. more. You know, if you yeah. don't have, if you're not rooting for a team per se, yeah. but you are, you are Mr. Prop Bet. I love that by you. You just, I, yeah, for, I know. You, you can't pick a winner, but just you know, give me, give me, you know, four and a half receptions today, or two touchdowns, and yeah. a couple of the prop bets. Uh, you know, coming back to the Bears' offense. Yeah, I guess it's a good thing. I think this might be a season high, uh, if, uh, if memory serves, over under 22.5 points for the Bears. Normally, they're sitting around 21, 21.5. Okay. Uh, th- th- I don't know if we're ever going to see the day where it's over under 24. Um, but, look, this this Carolina defense is there for you, right? I mean, 
as bad as the Bears' third down offense is, the Panthers' third down defense, 30th in the league, along over yep. 50%, just over 50% conversions. You should be able to move the ball, and you should be able to put up points. You should yeah. against this There's defense. no doubt. There's no doubt. And you you mentioned, uh, before we had Devin Hester on, you mentioned the wide receivers for Carolina. And I know mm-hmm. earlier in the week, <clears throat> earlier in the week, Eddie Jackson was talking about how they're not really getting tested a lot because they're not testing the secondary. These guys are going to test the secondary not only – with short routes, and they can both go deep down the sidelines with DJ Moore and also uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, yeah. But they can catch the ball, and they got speed. I mean, and they use Curtis Samuel in the backfield quite a, li- a bit sure, because sure. what they do is they just hand the ball off to him. He's got tremendous speed. DJ Moore caught a pass on the sideline last week and just outran everybody. He's got yeah, tremendous they're, they're speed. They run after the catch guys for sure. So they, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're a versatile offense that can – you know, basically a Chuck Pagano said, just they'll take what, what you give them. And fortunately, the Bears defense hasn't been given any team really anything in the red zone and and shutting teams down on third down. So the, the defense is living up to its billing as a playoff-ready defense. The offense nowhere near what it needs to be, in my mind, to, to be a legitimate postseason player. I mean, to, to actually make some noise in the playoffs. Right. I've mentioned this to you a couple times, and I'm not smart enough for a lot of things, but I'm not smart enough to look at some of the defensive play and say, this guy's really playing well. And a lot of times when you watch defensive players, if they're not making tackles or not making sacks, you don't, it's, it's hard for you to realize, right. but all of the experts, they go over everything. So I got some numbers here. Khalil Mack, three and a half sacks. It's 11th in the NFL. 13 pressures is seventh from edge rushers. And he's got a 35% um, run stop um, rate which is second from edge rushers. Now, Akeem Hicks, three and a half sacks, same as uh, Mack. But also, he has 11 pressures, which is third for defensive interior linemen. And he has five tackles for loss, which is second with defensive linemen. I I don't know who's first, but I'm pretty sure it's probably Aaron Donald. Um, But with Hicks staying healthy and with Khalil Mack, and I like what I've seen from uh, Barkevius Mingo on the other side. He's made some plays here and there because Robert Quinn, I mean, they, I don't think they mentioned Robert Quinn until either it was late third or early fourth quarter, the whole game. And he's still dealing with injuries and things like that. Another guy the Bears went out, paid money for, and really hasn't made much of an impact so far. So their defense is playing well. Danny Trevathan's getting beat a lot. Uh, Roquan Smith's playing okay, but he missed two huge tackles in that game against Tampa. They just got to pull everything together uh, down in Carolina today. And, uh, and plus, you got to beat a quarterback that's what four and zero or four and one against your lifetime, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, again, who's completing seventy four percent of his passes. So, right. uh, whatever offense they've tailored to him, and again, you know, he and, and and their offensive coordinators are definitely on the same page. Joe Brady. So, you know, you'd love to see Matt Nagy and Nick Foles kind of click together today and and take off. You know, today hopefully is the the launching pad for that tandem to to start putting up. You know, consistently really good numbers. Yeah, that'd be nice. We come back, we're going to get a chance to talk, talk with Jeff Dickerson about the game. He will join us. We come back in just two minutes here at ESPN 1000.